spiritual DNA, becoming who we were created to be or who we were born to be. Last week, I started our sermon series on the spiritual DNA, and we looked at what is it. And while I am not going to go over all of the points of last week, there are some basic things that we know we need to know about this spiritual DNA. I started off with telling us that the human race, every human being, we are born into this world with a physical nature and a spiritual nature. And we find the basis for this truth in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis 1. We looked at those scriptures from Genesis 1, 26 to 31 last week. We heard the heart and the intent of God when God said, let us make man. And I explained that that word in the original language refers to the human race in that context. And then I said in 127, it verifies that fact because in 127 of Genesis, we hear the continuation where God created male and female in God's image. And we talked a little bit about what it means to be made in the image of God. And I pulled for you from Genesis 2 and 7 to help us to understand the distinctions between our physical nature and our spiritual nature. In our physical nature, God created us and God gave us our core foundational being, our physical DNA, the genetic core, the genetic sourcing, the genetic coding that allows us to be who we are as physical beings. We inherit our physical DNA from our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents. It goes back into generation. There is a coding that is passed on from one generation to another. So the height that you have, the color of your eyes, the color of your skin, your hair color, your ethnicity, your gender, all of those things are part of your physical DNA coding. But then I also talked about our spiritual DNA and asked the question, do we have a spiritual DNA? And I said, absolutely we have, because we were created in the image of God. And what do we know about God? We know in John 4, 24, that Jesus said, God is spirit. So therefore, if God is spirit and we were created in the image of God, we have the essence of God's nature, spiritual nature in us. But in Genesis 2 and 7, we hear that after God created the physical man, God breathed into his nostril the breath of life. And that man, that male, became a living soul. But I also helped our sisters to understand because history can be cruel at times, especially when we're trying to explain the Bible. Because you see, so many times in our history, we have heard, oh, God created man, so what happened to woman? And I said, let us be clear, when God said in 126, let us make humankind in our image, God's intent at that time was to create us in God's spiritual being. 
But to help those who were not sure, I said, you know, we need to remember that when God took the rib from Adam, God put Adam to sleep. So Adam did not know how God took that rib and fashioned the beautiful species of the female race. But all on all, male and female, we have the spirit of God within us. We were created in God's image. We have the ability, we are not God, but we have the ability to be able to think and to reason and to love and to forgive and to create and to be able to do the things that God intended for us when God created us. So the question then became, well, if we have God in us, uh, then why are we in the state that we are in in this world? Why is there so much hatred? Why is there so much violence? Why is there so much destruction, so much suffering? Why is it that we, we look at someone and we can form judgments about uh, another person and we don't know anything about them? And I submitted to you the core of the human race and the challenge as we find it in the Bible is the three-letter word, S-I-N, sin. But I also ended it last week telling us that even though sin infiltrated God's perfect creation, because God said everything God created was good, even though sin contaminated the spiritual DNA of us, God didn't leave us like that. God knew that God was going to redeem God's people. God was going to reconcile us and restore us back to God's original intent for the human race. And God did that through his son, Jesus Christ. So here we have our spiritual DNA that was contaminated by sin and passed on from generation to generation. Now the human race, we have the opportunity to come back into that restorative arrangement and relationship with God and to be able to reflect the image of God within us. So today I want to pick us up today, continue with the question, you know, why do we have this spiritual DNA? It is important for us to know that when God breathed God's breath into us, God wanted God's creation to be in relationship with God. God wanted us to be able to live in that righteous relationship with God and with our fellow creation. Why do we have this spiritual DNA? We have it so that God can work in us and we can reflect the image of God. And when we talk about Jesus coming to earth to redeem us from sin and to restore us back into relationship with God, Jesus said in our gospel reading today, something must change. The, the DNA, the spiritual DNA that was contaminated, it had to be regened. It had to be renewed. And Jesus used the language and he used Nicodemus as one of the religious leaders of his people in time to help us to understand this spiritual principle. Nicodemus had been hearing about Jesus and his teachings. 
And in his heart, I believe that his spirit was stirred because he knew that what Jesus was saying and what Jesus was doing, he knew that it was something of divine nature. So he came to Jesus at night. And he came so that he could have the questions that are stirring within him. He could have those questions answered. And he came to Jesus because he didn't want his fellow Pharisees and Sadducees on the council to know that he was really seeking out the man who he believed to be the Messiah. And Jesus had some interesting things uh, to Nicodemus. He says that you cannot receive the kingdom of God unless you are born again. And naturally, if we were in Nicodemus' shoes, we would ask the questions, we are already born physically. How can we be born again? Can we enter back into our mother's womb? And we know, realistically, the answer for that is no. But Jesus wasn't talking about the physical birth. Jesus was talking about the spiritual birth because God is spirit. And the word says those who worship God, worship God in spirit and in truth. So what Jesus was saying to Nicodemus is that that spiritual DNA that you came into the world with that was contaminated by the nature of sin. That DNA has to be regened and God's spirit has to do the work in you. God has to regene that spirit so then we can begin to live the life in relationship with God the way God intended it to be and not the way we think it should be. Because I submit to you that we are in the state that we in in, this, in the world because we are so trying to live this life after our own will, after our own example, after our own intellect. And we think that we fully understand this thing on our own because we have been to school, we have gotten some education, we have learned some philosophies, we have learned some theology, we have learned some doctrine. But it's only when we are born again in spirit and God lives within us and we start to be sensitized to the work of God within us, then God can lead us by his same spirit to the word of God and to give us the instructions and the guidance and the wisdom that we need in order for us to understand God's intent. God's intent before creation, God's intent in creation, God's intent in eternal life. So why do we have this spiritual DNA now? If you have accepted Jesus Christ by your faith and you proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we need to know that we are becoming who God truly created us to be. Does it mean that we are perfect in our being? Absolutely not. Like I shared from you to you, with you last week, I know I am not perfect, but I don't use that to be an example to say, at all, oh, that's who I am, so take it or leave it. No, I am always measuring my attitude, my behavior, what I speak from my mouth, I am always, with the help of the Holy Spirit, measuring that according to God's standard. And trust me, when God shines his light 
in Virginia's life, in some of those things that I say and think and do, I get convicted. And when I get convicted, I can go to God and I can say, Lord, forgive me because I know there is forgiveness with God because I have been redeemed. I have been born again in Christ. The spirit that lives within me is no longer just Virginia. It is Christ, the living Christ, who lives within me, and that is your testimony. It is your witness. Some days you may be better at walking with God than other days. But the truth of the matter is that when we get convicted, and we will know when we get convicted, because from the time we say what we have to say, and if it is not in God's standard, you will know it within yourself. Because the Spirit of God is within us to help us to grow in this grace and this mercy that God hath provided us. So Jesus said, we must be born again. And why must we be born again? We must be born again so that God will have reign in our spiritual life. The physical life is important, but we all know it comes a time when the physical goes back to dust. And we know that it's the spiritual, the soul, the essence of who we are that goes back to God. We have to give an accounting for what we have done, as the word says, in our physical body. Paul used the language to say, our physical body is a tent. It's a tent and it houses our spirit. And if our spirit is reborn, is regimed with God, when we finish our journey on this earth and when we go back to God and when the day comes that we can give a reckoning for what we have done in this physical body, then God looks at what have you done from the moment you were convicted that Jesus Christ came to this world so that you may be forgiven of all of your sins. And therefore, you now can become who God created you to be. You can share God's love. You can speak the truth in love. Speaking the truth doesn't always mean that you say everything that somebody else wants to hear. Speaking the truth means that we speak what thus says God according to the word of God. Amen? Y'all are quiet. But that is why. We have the Spirit. The Spirit is here to convict us when we are walking apart from God. The Spirit is also here to comfort us, to encourage us uh, when difficulties uh, come into our lives because we live in a fallen world. The Spirit is also here to say, listen to me. Let me reveal the wisdom of God. Just like Jesus said to the people in his time, he said, I did not come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill the law. And what he meant was he came to help them to understand in the wisdom of God the truth about how the word is to be applied into their lives. The Spirit of God calls us by faith into this relationship with God and that same said Spirit who is has redeemed us in our 
spiritual DNA reminds us every day that we are pilgrims on this earth. That spirit reminds us that we have been redeemed not for ourselves, but for the glory of God. And when we come to realize that we have been redeemed for the glory of God, then it makes it a little bit easier for us to do the things that we need to do, like to go on a UM army in over 90 degrees temperature and to be able to help to restore something that was broken physically in somebody's life. Or we can go to, to all of the other places in our community or when we are at work, the Spirit of God can say, look, this person is struggling, but you have God in you. Why don't you reflect the light of God by speaking a word of encouragement to that person? The Spirit of God can say, look, I have formed you in this church here at St. Matthew's, and I have called you with the everlasting love of God so that you can learn how to love and how to grow and how to serve you know, in that spirit of truth so that others on the outside may see your good works and they too may be drawn to God and they too may glorify God who is in heaven. The spirit of the Lord says, I am calling you to do greater things that Jesus had ever done upon the earth. And how can we begin to understand those spiritual truths, those spiritual wisdom, unless we are born again in spirit? And we don't do that of ourselves. We do it because we know God is the great I am. We know that God is the living God. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We come to understand that when we encounter the difficulties in life, even if God doesn't deliver us in our diseases and in our ailments on this earth, we know that the eternal healing is our ultimate goal, to be able to live in eternity with God. The Spirit helps us to understand that this, this new life that God has given us by His Spirit, this life helps us to be able to see things from God's perspective, not from the human perspective. It helps us to endure when people speak against us, when people persecute Christians as they're doing all over the world. The Spirit helps us to endure. The Spirit helps us to say that I know my God will never leave me nor forsake me. That same Holy Spirit helps us to understand how much God loves God's creation, especially the creation who was designed in his image. Jesus said it, and we know it in John 3:16. For God so loved the world, he so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus clarified the definition of eternal life. If you look at John 17, you will hear Jesus saying, and this is eternal life. To receive Jesus, the Son of God. To know that God was incarnated in him. And to know that he came 
into the human existence on this earth so that we may be redeemed from our sin. We may be cleansed, we may be washed, and we may be able to live, to begin to live this eternal life here on earth, knowing that we are heading to God's eternal kingdom when we are finished on this journey. So you have, you have the spirit of God in you. Your spiritual DNA is intertwined with Christ. So what have you done with what you have been given? What do you intend to do from this day forward? How do you intend to glorify God? For that is the purpose for which we were created. So I'm going to leave you with this little story. There was this African-American man, a Baptist, and during the summer, you know, they have all these tent meetings, all these revivals. So it was a revival for a week, and he, professing Jesus Christ and knowing that he is not perfect, knowing that from time to time he still struggled with the fallen nature of sin in him. So every night, the first night, he went up to the altar and he got on his knees and he asked, God, God, I know you have redeemed me from my sin. God, consecrate me afresh so I can walk, oh God, in the light of your presence in me. And he would get up and he would feel good after he prayed that prayer and he would head on out and then he would live the next day and he would realize that he had fallen short of trying to live that righteous life with God. So the next night he went back and he said, God, forgive me for I have sinned. Consecrate me afresh, O God, to your will and to your way. God, I desire to walk in faith in the light of your spirit. And he got up and he felt good because he knew inside of him, because the spirit lives within him, that he has been redeemed. And he did that on Wednesday and Thursday because he kept on struggling with the same issues. But on one night, the Friday night, he went to the altar he said the same thing to God, and he woke, got up, and he was feeling well, and he decided to walk out. And then the enemy, the spiritual enemy of the human soul, started to bother him and says, you know you can't live that life that God is calling you to. You know when you get back into the world, you're going to do this and that and the other. And the man said, he says, get behind me, Satan. I know I'm a child of God. I know I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. He says, you can't, you know, fool me anymore. You can't deceive me. I know who I am, and I know who I belong to. So what did the man do on the last night of the revival, Saturday night? He came in there prepared. He came in with a stake, and he came in with an axe 
And he went to the altar at the altar time, and when he got up, he decided to take that stake and he took the axe and he buried that stake into the spot where he knelt. And when the spiritual enemy came and started to want to put all those negative things in his mind, he said, no, no, no. He says, I am a child of God. He says, and you see that stake that's buried in the ground? He says, I have placed all of my sins at the foot of God's cross, his son, Jesus Christ. And you cannot deceive me anymore. I know who I am. I am a child of the Lamb. Yes, I am becoming more and more like my Savior. Yes, from time to time, I'm going to fall short and I will slip. But you cannot tell me that God doesn't love me and God will condemn me because I have fallen short. God is doing a work in me. He's transforming me, and he's making me more and more into the likeness of my Savior. So from this day forward, I am going to walk as a child of the light. I am going to walk knowing with the assurance that my soul is with God. And I am going to walk, and I'm going to tell people that sometimes it is even more difficult to walk according to the Word of God, but God God is there to prop us up. God is here to carry us forward. God is here to remind us that you are his beloved child. So how are you going to live as a child that has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? Are you going to walk thinking that you don't have the power to do what you need to do? God has given us free will. Even in regening us, we still have the will to choose to follow God or choose to reject God. But if we choose to follow Christ, then God will always be there to lift us up and to remind us there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And to remind you that you are loved with an everlasting love and to let you know that eternal life is yours for the taking. I hope you take it. And I hope you know who you are. And I hope you walk in that light because God is calling us in this church regardless of your age, regardless of what you have done. God is saying it is not over on, until God says it's over. As long as you have the breath of God, unless, until God calls that breath, you have an opportunity to serve. You have an opportunity to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. You have an opportunity to shine the light of Christ and to reflect the image of God that is within you so that others may see God and glorify their Father in heaven. Let us pray. Eternal God, thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Thank you, O oh God, for writing your truth, O oh God, in our spirit. And thank you, O oh God, for reminding us who we are, why we have been reborn with your spirit in the name of Jesus. And then how, O oh God, we are to take what you have given us and to share it in the world until Jesus returns.
Father, we give you thanks for all that we are, all that we are yet to be, by the power of your Holy Spirit in us. And the people of God say together, amen, amen, and amen.